Neighbor, I heard about your heresy, and we've made it our mission to win you back to the flock. No sale. Homer, Christian life isn't all praying and sacrifice. Hey, dig this. Hello, and welcome back to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Lucas Stock. And I'm Jens Nelson. This is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. On today's very special Friday episode, we're not doing a Christians of History because... As you may have already heard, hopefully, from Tuesday's episode, we are in a very fun, very exciting, nothing but heresy, heretics and heresies, heresy, 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 spooky, scary, heresy um, month for October. So Mm -hmm. on Tuesday, we dove right in and we talked about the Word of Faith movement, and today... Jen's going to introduce us to our first heretic of history, which is a, we were just talking about this a second ago. It's, <laughs> it's a pretty heavy, it's a heavy title to bear, I guess. Um, it's hard when the person was definitely alive in your lifetime. I mean, our person today only died a few years ago. So yeah, it's it makes different it a little... than, you know, condemning some, somebody in the 300s AD or yeah. whatever. It, it's the same, but it definitely feels so different that it's not the same. <laughs> but we, you know, we thought maybe a quick note before we before we dive into today's um, biography. We are going to be calling people heretics. <laughs> um, and we obviously don't represent, you know, church bodies or a church council or anything like that. Um, we're not bishops of the church. We're not, you know... Um, a council of clergy coming to determine what is right and good doctrine. Um, we're not intending to, you know, judge any individual out of a sense of our own self-righteousness. We're taking this month to explore and analyze and sort of, um, you know, investigate these different heresies. And part of that means investigating the people who propagated them, whether they created them or whether they were just part of a movement that or, or a theology that um, doesn't measure up to scripture that doesn't measure up to the doctrine and the interpretation of God's word that we that we can that we can recognize and see and and uh, you know take security in 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 the in the Orthodox Church um, but uh, this isn't because we hate any individual person this isn't because we think that we're better than them so much as we want to point out um you know sometimes there are people in the church that come up and they teach things and they're probably great people who are earnestly trying to do the right thing and what they end up with is something that is so far off the mark that they they, they can't be seen as representing the the faith that we see in in scripture that was once delivered to the saints and that's sort of just a principle that we it might have been good for us to to note yes uh on, on last uh, Tuesday's episode, but it's a principle that is going to undergird how we approach heresy in general, and especially for us on the show this month, heretics and heresies. So all of that out of the way, 
Um, we won't run through that every episode. We're kind of getting our, our bearings here during this first week of heresy, heresies month. So without any further ado, Jen's going to introduce us to um, the you know chosen representative or, you know, uh, what's the word? I don't know. We'll stick with representative of the Word of Faith movement, uh, the Prosperity Gospel, name it and claim it central, uh, Oral Roberts. So take it away. Yeah, I mean, I know when we first discussed who we were going to have for Word of Faith, um, it's difficult because most of them are living, um, at least most of the well-known ones. And we thought it'd be, you know, like we said, maybe a little bit more appropriate to to sort of discuss people from older history, even if it is, you know, a couple of decades ago. Uh, but we have we have an obligation, I think, to to safeguard um, sound and healthy doctrine to to promote that which accords with faithful biblical orthodoxy. So um, my hope is in talking about these things, in talking about, you know, Oral Roberts and in his life, that we can at least begin to see some of the areas in which he, I think, erred and in which he greatly erred. And we'll begin to see why perhaps he's deserving of, of this label. So uh, he was born Granville Oral Roberts uh, in, uh, on January 24th, uh, 1918 in Oklahoma. Um uh, Broadly speaking, he was an American, charismatic, Christian televangelist. He was ordained in both the Pentecostal Holiness and United Methodist Churches. So he was an ordained minister for a while. Um, many consider him to be like the godfather, the the, the founding chief person um, kind of of the charismatic movement and was certainly um, one of the most recognized preachers in the U.S. at the height of his fame. You know, ask any of your grandparents or maybe any of your great grandparents if they're still alive what they know about Oral Roberts, and it'd be fascinating to hear what they say. Uh, additionally, he founded Oral Roberts Evangelistic Association as well as Oral Roberts University, which I believe is still a university today. Uh, so <clears throat> he was one of the most well known, as I said, um, but also controversial American religious leaders uh, in the 20th century. His, his preaching emphasized uh, seed faith, as it was referred to, and seed faith is the teaching that the things received by faith start with a seed. Makes sense. Um, the name seed faith comes from the Bible verse, uh, Matthew seventeen twenty, which says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So originally, Oral Roberts uh, called this term like blessing pact. Um, but later it became known as seed faith. And you can really, in this idea, you can start to see, you know, much of the word of faith and modern day prosperity teaching. This idea that if you name it and claim it, as we maybe joke, that's something I think that, you know, Joel Osteen is, um, you know, often chided for espousing. But, um, <laughs> you know, th- this idea that, you know, just because we, you know, Jesus says, if you have faith the side of a mustard seed and you tell a mountain to move from here to there and it will... And nothing will be impossible. Like if we can do that, we can do anything. If we can move mountains, um, that's sort of like the thought process there with mm. with seed faith. This reminds me a lot. I mean, it reminds me. You know, I I feel like there's a lot of overlap. I don't know if he would have ever. Maybe we'll get into this. I don't know if if Oral Roberts ever would have come to use this kind of a phrase. But it reminds me of the the force of faith kind of thing that mm. we talked about on Tuesday's episode with with Word of Faith. Um, just the idea that. Um, our 
you know, whether it's our faith or whether it's what we do with our faith or who we are as, as a Christian or as a person, like to sort of exert that, you know, impact on the world, whether that's moving a mountain or whether that's, you know, paying these bills or healing this sickness or whatever, you know, I, I see a lot of overlap with yeah. just the idea of almost like a formula, you know, this, this force leads to this, this seed grows into this, like you, you know, I don't know. Well, I'm sure you'll have more to say. I won't, I won't digress any further. <laughs> no, you're good. So his, his ministries. Um, so, you know, I, I mentioned the school and mentioned his uh, association um, reached millions across our country and acro- across the world. Um, you know, it's his, his life and his ministries spanned like six decades when you, when you consider his work, um, his healing ministry, um, and bringing American Pentecostalism, uh, I guess, into the mainstream, so to speak, had the most impact. Uh, but he also pioneered televangelism and laid the foundations for the prosperity gospel and much of today's abundant life teachings. Um, so that's why I said he's sort of like the godfather or the grandfather of, of these movements, because many will look back to him as like exhibit A on why we believe what we believe. And he helped you know champion these beliefs and push them into the mainstream. Um, so more specifically, to get, kind of get to the nitty gritty details, in, in 1945, uh, Roberts resigned his from his pastorate in, in Shawnee, Oklahoma, which Matt Emerson, I know you're listening. I'm pretty sure that's where you live. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You can hit me up on Twitter there, Matt. But um, I know I that you're was a listening. fun fact. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, he resigned from his pastor position and he began to hold revivals in the area as well as attend Oklahoma Baptist I think college. I, I didn't put the word there, but uh, I think but it's the, university. I think I think I think my uh, my rector went there. Oh, really? <laughs> Shout out, Father Michael. Interesting. There you go. Um, also, side note: I hate Oklahoma. I drove through there once, and it was the worst. Sorry if you live in Oklahoma. Like your state has Oklahoma City, which was cool, but everything else, I was like, man, this turnpike is the worst. Anyway, um, so in the late summer of 1945, while preaching in a North Carolina camp meeting. Uh, Roberts was asked by a man named Robert E. Lee, uh, affectionately known as Daddy, um, who was a pastor in Tacoa, Georgia. Um, he, he was asked to consider basically becoming a pastor of a small 80-member church. So this guy, Robert E. Lee, approaches um, Oral Roberts and asks, you know, come and pastor this church. Uh, he suggested that they pray about it, but kind of unexpectedly decided to accept um, However, by the end of the year, Roberts resigned and moved back to Shawnee. So, like, this happened in summer, so by end of year, he's already sort of out of this position. Um, Apparently, the Georgia Conference of the International Pentecostal Holiness Church, uh, that's a mouthful, uh, frowned on having a minister from outside of its conference as pastor. So they're like, well, you're not really within our, you know, jurisdiction here, so we're going to have to go separate ways. So he kind of stepped down from that position. Um, Even though that was a super short period of time, you know, a matter of months, um, it had a lasting effect on Roberts and his family. It was actually there that his daughter, Rebecca, who was only five years old, actually met um, her future husband, Marshall. Uh, there were also reportedly two instances of miraculous healing, which Roberts would later look back at as like the realization that I was approaching my hour, as he says. Um, so 1947, fast forward a couple years, this is sort of a big turning point. Up until that time, uh, Roberts sort of struggled as a part-time preacher going around uh, Oklahoma. But at the age of 29, Roberts said um, that he picked up his Bible and it fell open at uh, 3 John 
verse 2, which read, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul uh, prospereth. Um, The next day he said he went out, bought a Buick, God appeared, and directed him to start healing the sick. Uh, So, again, struggling as an itinerant preacher, um, really not sure what to make of his calling. Uh, Again, randomly opens the Bible one day, much like Augustine before him, and it transformed his life. You know, Augustine, if you you remember our episodes, he opened to (laughs) Romans 13, uh, 14. And it really changed his life. And, and for him, this is, he, he goes back to this time and time again. I actually looked at a couple of his books, like PDF versions. Um, one I'm going to mention in a little bit, but like literally in the introduction, he says that this is his, his inspiration for all that he does. So this, this, really fascinating. this text, you know, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. That's like, you know, probably the more modern English rendition. Um, and he, he, like he, like he said, he went out the next day, bought a Buick. God appeared and said, it's time to start healing the sick. Um, so he resigned from the pastoral ministry that he was in um, to found Oral Roberts Evangelistic Association, um, Oria, uh, not to be confused with Oreo. Um, he conducted evangelistic. Which is inf- also the prosperity gospel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so he conducted evangelistic and faith healing crusades all across the United States and also around the world. He went as far as like Johannesburg and, and some South American places. Um, he was actually there during apartheid and um, some really weird stuff was happening there too. Um, but he was claiming that he even had the power to raise the dead. That's how much he, you know, wow. believed in some of his healing abilities. It wasn't just, you know, healing this limb, healing this physical cancer or sickness. Um, he truly thought that he could raise people from the dead. Um, so he, he was a pioneer, as I said, kind of in the beginning, I guess, uh, in the world of televangelism. So when we think about the 1940s, the 1950s, you know, radio was a big deal. But with the advent of, of television, he began to, to televise his, his crusades and then would even go further having his own television network and stuff like that. Um, but he really played a major role in bringing American Pentecostal Christianity into the mainstream. I mean, I think at one point he had like an 85% reach in America as far as like homes that could access his channel or whatever, if they wanted to, Um, you know, so even though Roberts was, was often associated with the prosperity gospel and the faith movement um, because of his close doctrinal and, and personal ties with word faith teachers, his abundant life teachings, uh, I guess, did not fully identify with that movement. So there's some people that say, like, what he believed, like this abundant life teaching. Um, and I, I guess I failed to kind of mention it. But he, based on that verse from Third John, he believed that a person could be f- fully well, physically, materially, spiritually. Every part of a person's being could be healed, could be restored, could be made well. In fact, that's the reason that Jesus came, to give you prosperity. Um, which again, it's closely relinked to prosperity gospel teaching, but again, some people say that it's it's subtly different. Um, but uh, Roberts was actually really controversial for a lot of his fundraising too. So he he had his association. He's trying to you know uh, get money brought in for his his university. He also started a a, a medical center where he was doing healings there. Um, and so a lot of the the fundraising to, to, you know, really kickstart these efforts brought a lot of heat. 
Uh, in January 1987, during a fundraising drive, Robert announced to a television audience that unless he raised $8 million by that March, so in two months, if, unless they raised $8 million, God would call him home. Um, apparently, the year before, on Easter, he had told a gathering at the Dallas Convention Center that God had instructed him to raise money by the end of the year or he would die. So like he had this knack of, I mean, maybe that's the, not the right word, but he had this um, habitual thing where he would tell crowds, like, if we don't make this much money, God told me I'm going to die. Um, it, it, it happened again, actually, in, in 1970, or I guess I'm jumping back. In, in 1975, um, he, he, he told an, an, a chapel audience at Oral Roberts University that he asked God to take him, uh, but God didn't answer. So again, like he, he, he sort of has this like wrestling with maybe, I don't know, maybe some conscience, maybe some guilty conscience stuff, um, wanting to go, um, I don't know, but apparently this time, according to Roberts, uh, God is taking the initiative. Um, Roberts again, stated, uh, in a fundraising letter that if he didn't get the 8 million that he would, that he would basically be called home. Um, this is what he actually said. I desperately need you to come into agreement with me concerning my life being extended beyond March. That's what like this letter said. That's what he, he said to this, um, this crowd, uh, God said, I want you to use the Oral Roberts, uh, Oral Roberts university medical school to put my medical presence on the earth. I want you to get this going in one year or I will call you home. So Roberts is saying, that's what God told him. Like, I want you to establish this medical center get this money or I'm calling you home. Um, uh, you know, I don't really know what to make of that. It's, it's interesting to think about, like, if God really is sovereign, if he's all powerful, if he can do all the things that the Bible says he can do, why can't he just give you that 8 million? Why do you have to go and ask for people to give it to you? It's almost like God's like, well, I can't give that to you oral. So you got to go out and get it yourself. Um, which again, maybe plays into the hand of, of some of the problems that are arising here. But uh, the, the evangelist, you know, Oral Roberts, likened his situation to the Apostle Paul, um, you know, who in the New Testament in Philippians said, you know, he had this desire to depart, to be with Christ, but he also had this desire and responsibility to abide with the people in the flesh. You know, I have, I, Paul's saying, I have, I want to be with Christ, but for your sake, I remain. Um, and, and Oral Roberts really identified with that in his callouts of, like, I want to be with you, Jesus, but, you know, God said I have to do this. And if, if, if but if we don't do it, then he's going to call me home uh, type of thing. And, and as I mentioned earlier, one of his books is called, If You Need Healing, Do These Things. So he literally has a book that says, you know, if you need healing, here are the things you got to do. Um, there's not enough time to go through all the things that it said. It's, it's kind of, this is the book that I perused a little bit. Um, but he says that the story of Jesus is the story of deliverance. In the power of his pure and healthy being, and in the strength of an undivided personality, the master of men came into this world to bring release to man from his fear and from his frustration, from his spiritual, physical, and mental illness, and to make him a whole man. And much of what I perused, you know, some of that sounds pretty good. It might sound like appealing, um, but there's very little mention of like sin of, uh, of, of atonement, of, of forgiveness of sin. It really, a lot of what this boils down to is um, Jesus' death accomplishes restoration 
for maladies, even if he uses the words spiritual and physical and mental, it's all really focused primarily on healing this ailment, healing this disease, um, you know, getting this money, uh, getting this job. Again, much like the word of faith and much like the other um, prosperity gospel teachers. So I don't know. There's there's not a lot more to say. Um, he, he had, like I said, ask anybody who might have been alive during the height of his his popularity. He, he, he had a, a large and wide following, many people who revered him and respected him. Um, some biographers say that he's unparalleled other than um, with Billy Graham. So like, you know, Billy Graham's the top dude, and then it's Oral Roberts, and then the list could go on from there. But when you consider that, that's a pretty staggering reality too if, if that's true that if we're going to say billy graham's you know top dog and this is number two um i don't know i i'm curious do you do you know anything about oral roberts life or have you not really um looked that deep into it no yeah i mean i've heard his name uh, i've never really like heard or seen any of his programs or anything i mean obviously it was before my time but also you know like in terms of recordings or anything I, i've never i've never seen um I knew that his university still exists. I, I don't know how, you know, I don't know how similar it is to when he first started or how much it's grown or changed. It's interesting you mentioned like the medical center. Like I think at one point you said like it, it was like a medical school at the university. I think so. That's, that would be I, so interesting. Like, I don't, like, did they actually learn medicine or like, or just, how to heal and that reminds me like of like it, bethel supernatural school of ministry right like is it like actually a medical school or is it like a faith healing center so i've in, in it, some of the reports people were saying that like it was a big sham that when they would go that they wouldn't actually you know get healed it was just a way to get money and sure nothing would, it, i mean it's, yeah. yeah that's kind of what you i guess expect or i don't know i hate to say that but i mean it's true like <laughs> and so i just want to say like even let's just say that other than the things that I've mentioned, that Oral Roberts was like a really solid dude theologically, um, there there are just a, a lot of warning signs, a lot of red flags, a lot of things that are, are suspect. And as somebody who would have been a, a proclaimer of truth, who would have been in a position of power, um, of authority, someone that people looked up to, it's important yeah. what you, you know, say, how you minister. say it, what you believe. Yeah. Um, it's, it's important how you live your life. I mean, one, I didn't mention any of his, like, so his son actually took over the school after him and was recently actually ousted as president for some malfeasance with funds. Um, but you know, Oral Roberts himself struggled with countless accusations and, and, um, you know, judicial hearings regarding misappropriation of funds. And at, at one point had to I don't know what it's called when um, I'm blanking on the term when you have to like give back, basically he had to give his Mercedes back and his house and were like repossessed or whatever. And mm -hmm. there's just a lot of things that, you know, for somebody who would have claimed to be a minister of the gospel, probably yeah. um, a lot of things yeah. that are really problematic. And so I think that's what is, that's why I'm okay to put him on this list. Even if he's not a full blown heretic in the sense that, you know, he would have been burned at the stake or something. I think there's enough to, um, if you see anything with Oral Roberts' name, to take abundant caution, to to tread carefully, to to read, to listen. Um, you know, if you have friends or family members that you know listen to his old messages or 
um, are fans of some of the the people who came after him. Again, I'd caution extreme prudence in moving forward with any sort of teaching that they would espouse. Yeah. And also one thing I want to say before we wrap up too, like this is a really interesting person to sort of kick off the biography aspect of the heresy month. It, I can imagine maybe not, I, I can imagine like a couple people I know in real life, but also just in general, I can imagine people maybe shying away from calling him a heretic, you know, and I'm not saying people who ag- agree with him, but people who, who might not agree with him or definitely wouldn't agree with him about things like abundant life or the whole prosperity thing, or especially, you know, misusing funds and, and, you know, sort of, yeah, just the way that money gets tied into everything, but might still feel uncomfortable saying, oh, heretics a bit harsh or a bit strong. I think that, you know, keep saying, you know, I think that that's (laughs) totally fair. There's lots of room for debate. Obviously, like I said, we're, we're not representing any sort of official, you know, decision by naming people as heretics so much as just trying to point out what we see. But if you look at some of the things we talked about on Tuesday, if you look at some of the preachers, some of the teachings that you see or hear in the movement that has followed in Oral Roberts's footsteps, you can see the way that things like, oh, I want you to be prosperous. Oh, I want, you know, God came Ooh. in Jesus to, to, to restore our, you know, you can see the way that these things are problematic in themselves, I hope, but also people really took and ran with them. Yeah. And, and the way that, that if, if we think of him as the godfather or the grandfather of the, the sort of generic prosperity gospel movement, um, think about all the issues you've ever had or seen on, you know, in a televangelist setting, you can trace that all straight back to him. So it's, it, he is really significant to Um, bring this full circle real quick. Yeah. We're talking about seed faith, the seed that oral sowed of this sort of teaching is being reaped quite abundantly. And I'm, I'm very, I'm choosing my words very carefully because that's, it's kind of ironic yeah, uh, the seeds that he sowed are being reaped abundantly and abused, and that's part of the problem, I think. Yeah, and I I would still probably maintain that things like seed faith, abundant life, the way he seems to have conducted himself, at, at least in regards to you know financial stewardship, I, I would say that that you know you don't have to abuse his teachings to get into some really bad heretical stuff. Right. I, I, I would maintain that, but I'm also open to being corrected if, if someone who knows, you know, orals teaching better than, better than, than, than we do. But anyway, I, I do think that is a really, really fascinating, he, he, he seems like such a fascinating character, yeah, especially sure. putting him in his context as sort of right at the turn of all this new technology, all these new ways of doing ministry that are so commonplace now, you know, like. We all know about Billy Graham's crusades. We all know about television and radio preachers and all that kind of stuff. But like to think about that stuff really like what it must have been like to be on the 
the cutting edge of that stuff hmm. is is we didn't really get into that, but it's just so it's just so interesting and and to have someone who whose teachings are so clearly not in line with <laughs> the mainstream of of Christian teaching throughout history and you know be the one to kind of launch that movement is also an interesting thought. <laughs> but there's Oral Roberts, or at least an introduction to Oral Roberts, our first heretic of history. Thank Boom. you so much for listening to this episode of the Doxology Podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Doxology Podcast. Shoot us an email at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, episode ideas, um, what you think about Oral Roberts. Have you ever you know, listened to his sermons? You know, people who went to his school, did you go to his school? Let us know. Sign up for our newsletter. Uh, get a weekly email update with you know happenings and, and upcoming episodes. Check out logos.com slash doxology podcast for more information from our sponsor. And until next time, peace and see you.